Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome and good evening. Tonight I have a collection of five very true and very creepy Let's Not Meet Scary Stories. Another quick shout out before we begin to my amazing channel members and Patreons for your continued support, which are on screen now. And I hope you all enjoy tonight's video. With that said, let's begin. Hello, my name's Ninon. I'm French and my story takes place in a small countryside in the south, a place where nothing usually happens. As I tell you this story, and it's now been two years since it happened, I was 13 years old. One evening my parents decided to go have dinner at a friend's house, but I preferred to stay at home. It was a Friday night and I was tired. It's actually quite common for my parents to leave me alone at home in the evening because I rarely go with them when they go out to eat or to parties. So I'm used to being alone at night. I must admit that I often have this feeling of being watched when I'm alone at home, whether it's day or night. But I always thought it was just paranoia, until that night. So we're at the infamous night when my parents go to dinner at a friend's house and leave me alone. I'm watching TV on the couch with my cat and then I decide to go back to my room to be on my phone. After several minutes, I hear noises coming from the kitchen. Actually, that's quite common, but once again I chalk it up to fatigue and stress. Then a little later, I hear what sounds like a glass being placed on the dining table. The stress becomes more and more intense, and I do the dumbest thing to do in those moments. I went to see, and there was indeed a glass on the dining table. And it couldn't have been me, because I always have a bottle in my room, and I only drink from it. The stress rises even more. But at the same time, I prefer to stay in denial and tell myself that I left the glass on the table while clearing it. As I'm about to return to my room, I hear something scratching behind the garage door. I'm about to open it, thinking it's my cat wanting to come in. But I freeze when I reach for the handle, and I remember that my cat was on the couch with me earlier. So, I turn my head to check if he's still there. And unfortunately, he is, and so is my dog. At that moment, I genuinely worried, and I rushed back to my room, but on the way back, I noticed that my parents' bedroom window and the bathroom window are wide open. At that point, I didn't know what to do, so I locked myself in my room with my cat and dog and scrolled through TikTok, trying to forget about the incident. When my parents come back, I acted as if nothing had happened. I don't really know why, but currently, no one knows about this story. Recently I moved out of my apartment. I simply had to because I didn't feel safe with my landlords. I live in this really nice Dumbo apartment in Brooklyn for a few months with my roommate, who paid for most of the rent since our parents are super rich. Our landlords were actually this seemingly really sweet couple who lived a few floors above with their kids. The first few weeks were somewhat normal, except for the fact that every time I saw their kids in the elevator, they would scream at me before they got off and then just ran away. I thought it was funny and cute at first, but then their eldest son came to visit and started doing the same thing, and he looked about my age. I didn't really think much of it since maybe he was just playing with his younger siblings. 
shit got weird really when I bumped into all of them together and we talked for a bit. Out of nowhere while we were having a pleasant conversation, the dad apologised to me saying that his son might act strange because he's, you know, a, a retard. I was pretty shocked from just saying that out of the blue. I paused for a bit and I can't really remember what I said but remember just wanting to get the hell out of this conversation now. A few days later I bump into the dad again in the elevator. I was pretty standoffish and he was just talking about how great my apartment is and how much of a generous guy he is for giving us such a low rate. Then he asked if I could babysit his kids as he and his wife and his eldest son would be at a dinner. I said no at first but he counter offered saying he'd pay 150 an hour and being the greedy idiot that I am, I agreed. This is where I fucked up. When I get to his place, I was speechless. His apartment wrapped around the entire floor of the building. It was the nicest apartment I will ever see, and that's for sure. About an hour in, everything was normal. I was playing some fighting game with his kids, when we suddenly heard the front door slam. I told him to stay there, as I peeked to see what was going on, and I see the dad falling all over the place, clearly drunk as shit. He started walking towards me and at the last minute fell face first into his couch. I must have popped a blood vessel trying to hold in my laughter. I asked if he was okay and I walked over to assist him. He then turned around, looked at me and said, My wife will let us, please. When I tried asking what, his wife walked up to me, thanked me, paid me, and told me to come back another time. I just kind of went back to my apartment in shock, wondering what the fuck had just happened, and I definitely wasn't going back. I told my roommate, and she told me that she'd also bumped into the dad, and he told her, my wife is cool, just so you know, with no explanation and just left. At this point, we knew that we sure as hell were not renewing our lease. We didn't see our landlords our final month, we kind of joked to our friends about how our landlords were creepy cucks. The next time I see them was actually with my boyfriend, who was well aware of what they were trying to do. It was an intensely awkward elevator ride, as when they saw us in there they just went quiet and smiled and nodded at us repeatedly. As we step out the elevator, the dad shouts hey to us and winks at me as the doors closed. After that, I asked my boyfriend to stay with us for the remainder of our lease, because at that point my roommate and I were freaked the fuck out. Our final and creepiest encounter was a few days before moving out. My roommate walked out of the apartment and both the landlords were sitting in front of the elevators waiting for us. She said they started sobbing when they saw her and they begged us to stay. They apparently apologised for making us uncomfortable and said they thought we were the pretty young girls that they were waiting for. She didn't say a word to them and got on the elevator and called me to warn me they were outside and they started to knock. My boyfriend answered and said when the guy saw him he asked if I was here. Of course my boyfriend said no but they tried walking in anyway. I walked out to my room saying I'll call the police if they don't leave and they begged me not to and run out of the apartment. A few days ago we get a text from a random number saying we could live there 6 months free if we just gave them a few nights. Of course blocked and deleted. The whole thing was such an uncomfortable experience living there all those months, especially knowing that they had keys to our apartment. I grew up in a small town total population was maybe 2,000. Everyone knew everyone else, or at least knew your family members. It was a safe town, with mostly middle class working families. Nothing major ever happened and the crime rates were low. I grew up feeling safe and secure. And to know, I grew up in the 90s. 
One summer day, my good friend Jenny and I were out for a bike ride. We were 11 or 12 years old. We were allowed to bike anywhere we wanted, as long as we didn't leave our town and wore our helmets. There was a new road being constructed in between the two main neighbourhoods. The new road was to provide a shorter way of accessing the main road to get to the next town. At the time, the road was still under construction, but was nearly complete. All that was left was paving and painting. Jenny and I decided to bike down the gravel road. Jenny and I were about halfway down the road. The road was about a kilometre long. At the halfway point, we noticed a man walking. He was early thirties and very handsome. I didn't recognise him, and Jenny didn't either. As we get closer, he broke out a big smile and said hello. We said hello back and he didn't seem threatening or scary. He asked us if we were having a good summer and we said yes. He told Jenny and I he was a photographer from a nearby city and was in town to scout out models for his new postcard company. He said Jenny and I had beautiful features. He said everything in a very flattering way that made us feel special. He said we could be models. He asked if he could take our pictures. He said we had the look he wanted and the scenery right now is perfect to promote the town. He said he knows he will sell tons of postcards and we could all make money. Jenny and I eagerly agreed. He got us to stand with our hands on our hips and smile big. He took a disposable camera out of his back pocket and began snapping photos. He took about 10 photos in total from many angles. I remember feeling a little uneasy and said we should probably go because we need to be home soon. He said he would get in touch with our principal on the first day of school to give us some money from the postcard sales. We foolishly confirmed we went to the local elementary school, although it was the only elementary school in town, so it wouldn't have been hard to figure out. Neither Jenny or I remember to this day giving him our names. This is an important detail for later. Jenny and I talked about becoming famous on the way home. I told Jenny that I wondered why he didn't have a professional camera. She said she wondered that too, but agreed cameras are expensive, so maybe didn't have a nice one with them in case it rained. That evening at supper, I told my parents about my potential newfound fame. They were horrified and got on the phone with Jenny's parents. The two sets of parents called police and gave statements. Police sort of downplayed it and said it was unusual, but nothing criminal had happened. My parents had a long talk to me about safety, as did Jenny's parents with her. The following spring, Jenny and I were hanging out together. This time a little older and a little wiser and a lot more cautious. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. We were walking along a quiet side street, just talking about music and TV shows. A minivan approached us and slowed down. A friendly-looking woman asked us if we knew where Smith's Road was. We told her she just needed to drive straight for less than a minute and it's the first right-hand turn. 
She said she was having difficulty finding it and would be mind hopping in and showing her. I instantly said no and Jenny also declined. Then the woman said it was okay because she knew who we were. She called us both by our first name and said she saw us on a postcard. By now we were both very freaked out. We were on a stretch of the road that had no houses. The nearest one was about 100 metres away and it wasn't common for people to have cell phones back then so neither Jenny or I had one. The woman continued to ask us to get into our minivan. Jenny, who is normally super chatty, was staring into the vehicle intensely. Her body language was stiff and I could tell she was scared. Suddenly, and seemingly out of nowhere, Jenny screamed run. I didn't know what was happening but I ran and followed Jenny. We ran off down the road and through a field and into a yard another street over. I recognised the yard and house as belonging to a school teacher. We pounded on her door and she answered. We told her what happened and then Jenny said something I will never forget. She said she saw the photographer man from last summer crouching down in the very back row of seats. She said she knew something bad was going to happen. Police and our parents were called. We gave statements in a vehicle description as well as descriptions of the man and woman. Unfortunately, the police were never able to locate them. Jenny and I never saw them again. We had some serious trust issues with strangers after those encounters, and I had nightmares of being kidnapped in early adulthood. Always make sure to teach your children that strangers are not safe, no matter how nice they are. My situations could have had a much more unfortunate outcome if things had gone even slightly different. Those are two people I sincerely hope I never meet again. Over four years ago, I went to work at a warehouse in a small town that I'm from. I decided to leave after my health started to get worse physically, and I was diagnosed with a panic disorder and severe anxiety after the situation that I'm about to tell you. This changed the way that I developed friendships after that job, that's for certain. So I started this job on April Fool's Day of 2018, which was odd to me, and I had no kind of high expectations for the job. All I wanted to do was my job, get paid and go home so I had two children at home and many things I could work on there. The job wasn't hard and it made pretty good money for all duties considered so I really couldn't complain. I worked second shift for about five months and I went to day shift. While working on second shift I kept to myself mostly until one day I met someone from one of the lines after we struck up a conversation about gaming. For the sake of the story We'll name him Kev. Well, Kev was a pretty good guy with a lot of things in common. I went home that night and he popped up as a suggested friend on Facebook. Again, slightly odd, so I decided to add him. When I did, we started talking more at work until he suggested that we should hang out, so we did hang out, pretty frequently. We were friends for a month at this point and one day he decided he was going to introduce me to his partner. She seemed decent at first, super nice, and didn't seem to be judgmental type, so I was cool with her. From then on, I would hang out with him when my kids were spending time with my mother. One time we were talking at a restaurant and he started to vent to me. Dude, she's such a bitch sometimes. The other day, I forgot to take the trash out, and she threatened to stab me if I didn't. I've never been in a relationship where someone threatens me, but she's not got good intentions, dude. When he said that to me, I was concerned, but of course, we had only been friends for a month, so I thought that maybe he was joking morbidly, so I chuckled at him. He gave me a pretty serious look and said, I'm not joking, she really did, and that concerned me. 
Fast forward about eight months, they're still together and we all hang out pretty regularly, forgetting the things he told me. One day we were talking and he seemed a little off that day, so I asked him what was going on in front of her. He flashed a smirk and said, Nothing dude, I'm just a little tired. He didn't have his eyes on me though, he had them on her when I asked that. When we went to work the next day, I asked him again, Do you promise to keep this between us? Of course I agreed. He said that he was breaking up with her and she went a little crazy. He said that she grabbed her gun and pointed at him and said, If I can't have you then, no one else will. He said that he defused the situation as trying to look for a way out. Not really knowing what to say, I just said, You'll figure it out, man. If you need somewhere to go then, you can come stay with me until you get her out of the house. Fast forward to another year. He finally decided to leave her. When he did, she flipped out again. This time, he told her over text. She said that she was going to find him and kill him, and he was actually out of work that day with a vacation day. He sent me a text that said, Hey, let me know if she comes over to work looking for me. That struck me as odd, because I have no idea of the situation that was unfolding. She actually did come to her job, and she asked me where he was, and I said, Well, I have no idea. I thought he was with you, and you guys went out of town or something. All she did was roll up her window and drive off. I called him and told him that she'd come by and he called the police about it. They had found her up the road with a loaded gun in the car. Two months later, he decided to talk to her again and when he did, he had something to tell me. When he called me, he asked if I had seen her around and I hadn't. He said, I would take some vacation days if I were you. Dumbfounded, I asked him why. He said to me, well, because she's out of jail and her cousins are in town trying to find people that she has personal vendettas with. You're one of them. At that point, I was terrified. I grabbed my kids and I went out of town. Took two weeks off work. Come to find out that the next day, her and her cousins went to the next town over and shot three people in an apartment and killed them. I got the news about it that day after it happened. The reason why he knew they were coming after me is because they made a Facebook messenger group that he was included in and sent a list of names. Everyone regarded it as spam and decided to disregard the message but he knew what it was. Three of the names on that list were the people that they had shot. The fourth name on that list was mine. After they found the evidence and he decided to go public about the group and screenshots that he had, they were all charged for the first degree murder. From then on, I was very careful about who I would stick my neck out for because, even though he knew the context of that list and her intentions, he decided not to inform anyone else on it. Needless to say, we aren't friends anymore and I dodged a bullet. Literally. When I was 19, I frequently played a popular Minecraft server and I held a senior moderator position on it, so quite a few people would try to speak to me in the game. One guy, I'll call him Martin, was very nice. I added him in Discord and we would frequently chat while playing games. After a while it turned into daily calls with him. He was nice, funny and overall a good friend. After a while I I told Martin that I was going to my boyfriend's apartment for a few weeks and I wouldn't be in chats often. He got upset, saying I was his only friend and he would be lonely. I didn't realise he had formed this sort of connection with me, so I knew I had to step away a bit because it felt off. One day, I got a package I didn't order. It was a puzzle of one of my prom pictures. I had no idea where it came from. Then Martin messaged me asking if I liked the gift. I didn't know he had got my address or the picture. I tried to keep some distance but still chatted with him because overall he was a pretty good friend. 
That was my mistake. I always only seen the good in people, never the bad. Then things started to change. A random girl messaged me on Discord. She was an old friend of Martin's and she wanted to warn me about the things he did to her. He had a crush on her and when she denied him, he had asked her endlessly. He would follow her around in each game she played and spam her address in the chat. He even changed his username to her phone number. This was when I knew I couldn't continue my friendship with Martin. I called him on Discord explaining I knew what he had done to the other girl and I was uncomfortable. I gave Martin an ultimatum. Either we end our friendship now or he seeks mental health treatment to get through his struggles and I would support him along the way. He didn't like this. Martin started panicking over the phone, saying his life was ending. I was his life, he wouldn't be anything without me. I kept trying to assure him that this wasn't true, but he persisted. He then turned on his webcam and I saw him walk away, then come back with multiple guns. Large guns, semi-automatic, a few glocks. He started loading them on camera, pointing them at his head, or at me. I tried to talk him down. This went on for almost an hour, him loading and unloading multiple guns, threatening to shoot himself or me. He had known my address from when he sent the random puzzle, and I knew he lived in driving distance. I told him I was sorry, but I can't be held responsible for whatever he does. I thought we were just friends. He said he would make sure to blame me in his note. I hung up and blocked him on everything. He contacted me for months after, finding social media accounts I had and spamming my DMs. I hope we never meet again. Thank you all for listening. If you enjoyed those creepy stories, then maybe you'll enjoy one of the ones I put on screen. And with that said, thank you. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.